0: Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat.
1: Welcome back to the BJJ Brick Podcast. This is episode 305. Today we're going to be talking about taking some time off the mats. You know, is that a good thing, bad thing? Should you be doing that and how to do that properly? Uh, My name is Byron. I'm here with my good buddies, Joe and Gary. Joe, how's it going down south?
0: Man, it's hot and humid already, but uh, looking at the weather, I see there's flooding everywhere, including uh, in your neck of the woods, so I'm not complaining. How how are things up there today?
2: Things are going pretty good. Gary, you you staying dry? Staying dry, you know. I'm just a little beat up from rolling this morning, so I think I was going to take some time off from rolling. Maybe
1: <laughs> we'll talk about that, uh, whether Perfect. it's a short short time or a long time. We'll uh, we'll we'll see what Gary's looking at. I'm sure it's a short time, but uh, that happens to everybody. We all we all take some. Uh, uh, some bumps and bruises from time to time, and that's definitely a reason to take a little bit of time off. We have a whole list of stuff, but we have a little pre-show here with the quote of the week and the off mat lesson and those sort of things. And, we, of course, we have our post-show with the article of the week and our question as well. Guys, w- what do we have this week for the off mat lesson, Joe?
0: I've got a couple of projects going on around my house right now that all have to do with cinder blocks. And interestingly, mm, the uh, I anti brick an abundance- I see. Well, I came into an abundance of cinder blocks for free uh, through the jiu-jitsu community. I needed some cinder blocks uh, to to build a little bit of a a berm or a... uh, put something alongside my driveway to keep the gravel from continuing to run off when it rains and gets squashed off so i put out a plea on facebook hey i need some bricks and sure enough somebody from the gym said hey i know where you can get some and so i went out there and i got all i needed for that project but this person's like my brother-in-law's getting rid of a ton of them they're moving all these trailers at the trailer park take all you want turns out i'm doing them a favor too i'm getting rid of them so i've just been grabbing all these blocks and i uh Put together a couple of extra garden plots and got that going on and then today i started building a skate ramp so i'm using some cinder blocks to block it in and i'm going to use some cement to make an ice ramp out my driveway it's something i've wanted to do for a while it's been on my radar but it's way down the list but these bricks are available so now is a good time to do it and you bring that back to I've known a lot of people that will take something like an inverted guard, not playing dynamic open guard, and they'll be like, "That's not really my thing. It's on my list of things to learn. It's down the list, uh, you know." So, so when I get to it, when I learn these other things, I think are more important, then I'm going to get to that. But man, if it's on your list and your coach says, uh, hey, this our brown belt here who is excellent at open guard, uh, plays a lot of inverted guard, he's going to start teaching on Thursday nights. And if that's something you've been interested in, come in on Thursdays and learn that. Learning those guards might have been way down your list, but right now you've got the materials available you've got the opportunity to learn it so now would be the time so i mean just like this skate ramp is something i i may have not built for five years except now the bricks are just happen to be available to me Uh, if you've got an opportunity to pick up some bricks in jujitsu that you thought were down the line a little bit uh when the opportunity presents itself take advantage of it
2: joe you did it again i don't know how many (laughs) weeks this is but you just won the internet again with the uh, brick segue. <laughs> that, that's
0: the what I love most
2: break. about jujitsu. <laughs> um, no, do I really do like that? Yeah, you know, like you were saying, if uh, you know, you're working on, you're really somebody really good with inverted guard is showing up and gonna teach a class on Thursday. It may not be something that you're working on right now, but hey, uh, let's put that into our stockpile. You know, let's uh, let's get ready for the zombie apocalypse. The more we know, uh, we're going to get to that down the road. We're going to be doing it, but you'll have a head start. It's going to help you get better. It's going to help you understand stuff uh, when you do see it. So, uh, uh, definitely, it's uh, it's a good way to uh, uh, get better. You know, don't miss it. Learn.
1: Yeah, you got to strike when the iron's hot. And it I've been to I don't know how many billions of seminars. No, you know, many, many seminars over the year. And sometimes you go to a seminar and they teach stuff that's just not really into your your game or there's things you do, but you could either kind of like, well, this didn't really pan out for me, or you could try to get in there and learn the best you can and absorb some information and uh, maybe incorporate it into your game and that's just really taking advantage of that uh, which is in front of you, which is a really smart thing to do. Like what Joe did, you know. He, he may not have been planning on doing this at the moment, but the price is right, you know, and you're able to add some bricks to the uh, to the property there. <laughs> so uh, that's that's awesome, and I'm in, uh, yeah definitely impressed that, uh, that 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 this has to do with a uh, well cinder blocks, but that's close enough.
0: Yeah, anytime you got an opportunity to add a brick to your arsenal, man, take take that chance.
1: Guys, I want to get a quick mention of our uh, audio book, Your First Year of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It is, a, it is a book I made a while back. It's about two and a half hours long. It's very similar to a podcast. It's, it's just audio format of, I want to sit down with you and talk to you about Jiu-Jitsu. Really what to expect your first year. You know, Some of the benefits you're going to experience with Jiu-Jitsu. Some of the techniques you should be really focused on. And maybe some of the ones that you uh, should, should not be so... Uh, geared towards towards learning that first year like help you avoid some of those things that uh, are all common pitfalls uh the audiobook is 11.99 there'll be a link to it in the show notes the money goes and helps support the show and it really means a lot to us and we've heard some great things from people who have got the star off listening to this book and 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 listening to that their first year whether it's their first day but you know before you go actually train or maybe you've been training for a little while several months and uh, you get to kind of see hopefully smooth some things out Uh, with this. So uh, check it out. If you're in that first year of grappling, be honored to help you guys out. And it's got a picture of me hitting Gary with a, with a brick.
2: (laughs) That's always nice. Always nice.
1: We don't want you to uh, kind of lose your way in that first year.
0: Speaking of losing, it's ironic. uh, Man has a habit of uh, the, the more they've lost their way, the faster they run. Okay, that's a paraphrase. But Rollo May said, it is an ironic habit of human beings to run faster when we have lost our way. And uh, we talked about this a little bit before the show, and I like Byron's take on it. I'm going to give him a chance to get to that in a minute. But when I first read it, I looked at the bigger picture of Jujitsu, and and it seems like When people start to get frustrated, I'm included in this, and I feel like I'm not making any progress, that sometimes I confuse a lot of activity for achievement. I I need to do more things. I need to do them better. I need to do them faster, whatever. I start working on half guard and butterfly guard and uh, inverted zebra guard and whatever else. And i got so many things going on. And I think, honestly, sometimes if you just take a minute, take your breath, and uh, slow down, that the pitch will start to come into focus and, and you can tar- start to train a little faster or a little smarter and not just harder.
1: Yeah, that's good. And I, so my, my interpretation of this quote has a little bit more uh, what, what happens to me when I roll sometimes, uh, you know, when I've lost my way. I take that as uh, when I'm rolling and I'm confused. And I've been been training since 2002. It, I still get confused regularly. I still don't know what what is the right thing for me to be doing here. And uh, I I train gi and no gi, but I mostly just roll like I'm no gi. I don't do a lot of things with the collar. Don't do pretty much anything with the with the lapel as far as like a like a lapel guard type of a, a game. So. Occasionally, and like if we get to roll, uh, you know, this next weekend at the Regency Brick event, if you want to confuse me, start wrapping me up in my own l- lapel. Uh, you'll see me do react in the same way. When I get confused, I really have a choice: speed it up and try to try to win the situation, or slow things down and try to analyze and figure out what's happening and, and how maybe I can take it apart. And I always tend to lean towards slowing things down. So if if I'm caught up in some some weird position or some place I'm not familiar with, I I tighten things up, I slow things down, I try to figure out which limb is doing which job, and, and if I could maybe take that apart a little bit, uh, where the pressure is, where my posture is, really just by trying to slow things down, I try to learn from that situation, uh, opposed to just try to defeat it or get out of it, and you know I think I probably would have. Uh, more success rate in the moment if I reacted with a little bit more speed and, and power. But I think long term, I'm, I'm taking my, my, my moments of confusion and trying to grow from those and learn from those. So uh, I recommend that if you are lost, don't run. <laughs> that doesn't, it's hard to run in the right direction You know if you are actually lost. And if you get lost in the woods, next time Gary's lost in the woods, he, last time he just ran away and he ended up going the wrong way. Uh, maybe slow things down. Yeah, he got more lost, and thank goodness he had some marshmallows that were you know falling out of the bag, and and uh, somebody found those, and they There's were more eating marshmallows. <laughs> but it all worked out okay for Gary, but it would have been much better if he would have just slowed some things down, looked around, looked for some clues of where he was, and and slowly started heading in what he thought was the right way. And just, I try to do that a lot in Jiu Jitsu, and it it may backfire, and it often does backfire in the moment I'm rolling, and I may get caught in something. But I think long term, I'm I'm getting a better understanding of uh, of what's happening uh, in moments of confusion for myself. So I think I'm learning better that way.
2: You know, Byron, I, I do this. Uh, depending on what I'm doing, I do it the other way. Uh, When I do a jujitsu, I'm with you. Uh, I kind of slow things down and uh, analyze and, you know, try to figure out the ways to untangle something. And, and maybe like you said, while I'm trying to untangle, I may get tapped out. Um, It may have, you know, I may have not got tapped out if I just exploded real quick. Um, but really am I learning anything at that point, but in real life, uh, you know, work and, uh, you know, other stuff, I find myself just running as fast as I can. Um, you know, I, it's funny because uh, this week has been very busy at work and, uh, I've just been finding myself just running, running, running. And it feels like I haven't, really got anywhere. I've been making a lot of mistakes. And, um, you know, I think it's because I haven't slowed down. I've been having so much going on and, you know, instead of analyzing, trying to think smarter, I'm, you know, just trying to do everything as fast as possible. So, um, I, I do, you know, totally agree that, you know, slowing things down, analyzing stuff is the best way to go. Like you said, I got lost in the woods by, by running and, you know, you know, and you do hear about that in, in real life. People, uh, um, you know, freak out. They get lost in the woods, and, you know, they end up even more lost. Uh, you know, they always say, uh, you know, kind of stay where you're at, uh, you know, and hopefully you told somebody where you're hiking or whatever so they can find you. But um, uh, on the jujitsu jitsu meds, I think I do it right, and what I'm going to have to do is uh, – you know, use some of my lessons from my jujitsu and take it back into my workplace, into my family life. And, uh, and, you know, I think I'll be doing better in all aspects of my life if I do that.
1: Nice, Gary. I like how you, you took it. We took it from off the mat to on the mat and then you bring a, uh, you know, a different tangent off the mat, you know, with, with family and, and those sort of situations. It's, yeah, it
2: really hit home just the last week I've had. And, and once you and found your home, think-
1: once you got out of the woods, yeah, well,
2: yeah, if it wasn't for those marshmallows. <laughs> the bad
1: thing is, he was just at his neighbor's house the whole time. <laughs> he gets really confused hey, no. sometimes on like a Friday night.
2: Yeah, you know, I am getting a little bit older, so uh, it could be dementia there, Byron. They, they could yeah, be if fun could find up a sick kid. Yeah, if, if
1: yeah. <laughs> all of Gary's neighbors know if he's walking around in his underwear, his tidy whities um, you know, just point him in the right direction. He's He's pretty harmless out there. Um, just, just kind of get him back home and then they'll call his wife or, or, or his family and they come get him
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh if it was only that easy Gary if it was only that easy it'd be awesome
0: yep when the under, when the underwear are still tight and white then Gary's neighbors know that he just escaped
2: <laughs> <laughs> when there are other colors I've been out a little little while <sighs> And if they're gone entirely...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been a party. Run. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if you're lost, just run. <laughs> run. Yeah, just run away. It doesn't matter the direction at some point in time. Just disengage from Gary at that point. But <laughs> So we're doing a topic episode this week. Quick explanation, I guess. Uh, usually we do topic episodes at the end of the month. Uh, th- this week I had several interviews lined up, and and you know scheduling conflicts and some things happened, and uh, none of them really came to fruition, and and I have a couple interviews scheduled for next week, and so we could have just like done this and edited in who we we're interviewing later on. But I'm also potentially getting jury duty <laughs> going to be on that. And that would just kind of annihilate my week and, and my ability to even, uh, you know, do anything podcasting wise. And so we, we decided to do a topic episode kind of in the middle of the month. And I know that these are these are popular with the audience and you guys always like uh, when we kind of jump on a topic and, and discuss it. Um, kind of like when somebody jumps on your back and they're choking you out. They have, usually have a good time. Uh so that's what we're doing here. We still plan on doing a topic episode at the end of the month unless I get a whole bunch of interviews lined up and, and kinda of want to get somebody get somebody's uh information out a little sooner. But uh I think we could we could manage to do two in a month. I don't think anybody's gonna to be too upset with us and
2: No, uh, yeah, we'll Joe and I Joe and I we're really we really okay with this, but uh topic episode sometimes does require a little more work. So Joe and myself, Byron, I, I know we kind of just brought this up. But well, yeah, we're looking for a little bit of a pay bump here to uh, stay on this uh, podcast. So uh, you know, just just let let us know what you're gonna do to uh, take care of us. Mom. I work I work in percentages
1: <laughs> for with you guys, and uh, yep. so you know the, the show is staying afloat and doing okay. But uh, man, it'd be nice to to reward uh, reward you guys a little bit more than just the uh, the fun of of making fun of you every week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know you love that, Gary. So you're going to increase your making fun of me by 5%? We're going to try. Gonna do? Yeah. Okay, I, I'm in. Okay, I'm he's, he's,
1: that's what he's here for. Uh, our rewards are sometimes uh, on the mats. And yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that towards the back end of the show when we talk about the BJJ Brook event. And, and that'll be some a nice rewards seeing you guys and meeting a lot of you uh, coming up very soon. But uh, you know, have you guys, looking at the topic... Uh, should you take some time off? What's that look like? Is it ever a good thing? Is it kind of a bad thing? Uh, you know what's going on here uh, with time off? Have you guys taken? Uh, you know, I th- I'm sure you know we've all trained for the three of us have trained for many many years. You, if you get sick or you know a small injury, you're, you're out a week or two, and that's pretty easy. And and that happens within the course of a year a couple of times even. But have you guys taken off more time than that and then had to come back to
2: jujitsu? Are you talking about from injury or or just just from
1: from anything? Just just you were away a bit a bit from jujitsu more than a month.
2: Uh, I guess uh, the first time I ever hurt my ribs, I was probably out three weeks. That's the longest I think I've ever been out. But uh, yeah, if if you're talking a month, I've I've never taken a month off.
0: Nope, me either. Uh, I just missed two weeks just with a bad cough and didn't want to bring it around the gym. And uh, with my weird schedule, I've missed, you know, a week, 10 days at a time. That's not all that uncommon for me, but uh, never anywhere near a month. And, and and I've never, like, taken a month off or three weeks off just because I need a break from jiu-jitsu. Although one time I had a, a abdominal – it had to be a tear. I never went to see a doctor. Imagine that. But I had an <laughs> abdominal issue where I couldn't uh, – Could have been pregnancy. I couldn't maintain – No, I couldn't even maintain the plank position. You know, I mean, it just felt like somebody was cutting me in half with a dull knife. And that went on for the better part of a year. And it's like, you know, afterwards, I thought, man, if I'd have just taken five or six weeks off, I bet you I'd have been right back to training. And, you know, I kept trying to push through it. And, you know, how when uh, once you start rolling, your adrenaline kicks in, I don't think you realize how much you're probably stressing something like that out. So... Uh I've, I've never planned on taking a month off, but at least one time I probably should have.
2: What about you, Byron? You ever just taken a month off, either being out with an injury or just to uh, refresh your mind? I think the longest time I, I'd taken off was
1: probably a week before my wedding and then a couple weeks after that uh, with, with being gone. I, I really wanted so to not are, get bruised on the face. <laughs> yeah. So we are
2: terrible people. To be on this podcast. And we've all had <laughs>
1: friends, and we, we've seen this thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to take a little bit of time off if that's thing. what you need. I don't.
2: Th- yeah, I don't think it is at all, but what I was saying is we're the cross-section who Joe tears his abdominal and gets pregnant and does not take time off. Like, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. I, so yeah. looking at all the reasons you might want to take time off, I think injury is is the the biggest one for definitely for the person who's still motivated, like you have knee surgery, you have something wrong with your neck or, you know, you get even, you could even really classify uh, being kind of sick as an injury. If you you listen to my interview last week, I was, I had a cold. I, and and I, it it took me a a week, uh, or plus to, to get back on the mats from that. You know, you definitely don't want to bring that into the gym. Like, uh, Joe was saying, but as far as if you're motivated to train, an injury, a sickness, take you right off the mats and, and, and make you stay away for a little while. And, you know, I think it's important to, to address that and to, you know, get a realistic expectation of how long will I be away? What can I do while I'm away? Am I able to stay, uh, kind of fit in the process? You know, I, I, I couldn't even, with my cold last week, or a few weeks ago, I couldn't even jog. So I would, I would I would, go on like little two-mile walks and stuff. That's the best I could do. I did something, but, you know, that's really not much when you're trying to perform in jiu-jitsu or, or used to going out and running a few miles. But what would you guys say to, to the, the injured person who, like you, you got a buddy and we've all had, a lot, we know a lot of people that have had to have several months off from injury and, and then want to come back. Any advice you guys have for that person?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm probably the worst person to, uh, tell you, but, uh, take time off. Time off is very important. Um, it, you know, you need to heal to progress in jujitsu and, uh, to keep it in the long run. Um, it, it's very important, uh, you know, to get rest, to heal, to, to be able to come back on the mat properly. Um, and I do think a lot of times when I do take a week off uh, due to an injury, I come back hungry to roll. I come back feeling great. Um, and it, it does help me in the long run.
0: So I've seen one person, um, and actually that's a very small number when you think about it, I've been doing jiu-jitsu quite a while. I, I've seen one person sustain a really, really bad injury and come back from it. Uh, had a guy, in fact, he just got his brown belt. Uh, Travis St. Pierre, congratulations. Um, he was rolling about a year ago with one of the bigger, more aggressive, uh, MMA type guys in the gym, not the big guy's nice. He's in control. It was just complete fluke. But during a takedown, he snapped both bones in his lower leg oh. right above the ankle and dislocated the ankle too. Nasty. I, I remember, uh, so he went down and he's on the ground writhing and he's kind of in pain. And after three or four minutes, I honestly had a thought run through my head. Well, I don't really know. Anything about Travis's pain threshold? Maybe it's not that bad. And then he, li- <laughs> then, he li- then he lifted the whole foot up off the mat, and his foot was just flopping around. Yeah, tib, like, tib. Oh, God. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. So he was forced into taking six or eight months off. I mean, uh, in a wheelchair for uh, you know a few weeks, and on crutches for a few months. After that, he came back, and um, so something that I, I saw him do. I guess this would be as a way of advice is he came back slowly. You know, he started coming back like uh, he came point. back a day or two a week and just did warm-ups and, and kind of uh, participated doing what he could and slowly uh, worked in. And he probably took uh, three months from the first class where he first started coming back to where you saw him two or three times a week, and he's going, you know, 70%, 80% in class like most people do. So uh, if you're forced into taking three or four months off for a serious injury, I suppose that would be one piece of advice is come back slow, Uh on a controlled pace.
1: Yeah. And kind of, I would say reset your expectations. You're not going to be, I think your timing will probably be a little bit off from what it was after uh, that sort of a, of a break. Uh, you just won't perform quite as well as you were the day before you got injured like that. And, and that's okay. Just don't be frustrated with yourself on that one. Uh also with the injury. have a real talk with your, with your doctor or, or surgeon or whatever you're, whatever you're dealing with and say, when can I get back to some fitness and, and and mark down the calendar you know this day I could start walking this day I could do you know upper body exercises and you know do some curls in the squat rack or something like that get you get you going um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe some stationary <laughs> bicycle activity I don't know like to me it's get get back into some kind of fitness because it's so much easier to maintain that than it is to have to build that that cardiovascular engine back up to where you had it. So if you can, as soon as you could start maintaining, uh, try to do that. And I think that's a, that's a big help. And then also have a, uh, have a date, you know, when can tell you. So I, I talked to, to health professionals and, and if I've ever had any problem, like, what do you, what do you do? You know, jujitsu that maybe that's, maybe they know what that means. I assume they don't. I would say it's, it's a lot like wrestling. Uh, and, and that kind of gets, okay, you're doing that sort of activity, with another person, uh, you're going to want to wait three months for that, and uh, and say, okay, so maybe in two and a half months. I start doing some some light rolls or start getting a little bit back on the mat. But three months before I could actually do jujitsu is is what the doctor's saying. Put those things on the calendar on your phone so it you could see it coming up and and it dings. Like I like to do a calendar thing and I do a reminder maybe a week before or a day before, so a week before, hey, start getting back in jujitsu next week, and then you could kind of get get back in that mindset. Uh, as far as d- getting past injury and, and getting back on the mats. Because nobody wants to be sidelined from jiu-jitsu. But really, if you get sidelined from jiu-jitsu for three months, you come back and it's way harder than you anticipated, you have that that self-doubt. Like, is this what I want to be doing with myself? I don't remember it being this hard. I don't remember myself being this bad at it. You want to try to avoid those as best you can. You don't want this to be a jiu-jitsu in- in- ending injury, and, and we're looking to avoid that. I've I've seen some people uh, you know take some time off the mats because they've just lost that that desire that they had for Jiu-Jitsu so, and it might be looking at burnout that maybe they were coming five days a week all the time and it kind of got to a point where it that it was a tipping point and now they don't want to do it at all anymore or something like that. Um, you guys have anything for somebody who's thinking about taking some time off because it's not as enjoyable or not as Uh, they're not as passionate as
2: they used to be you know i do see that happen all the time Uh, you see people they're just not having as much fun as they used to and you know you just mentioned byron you know they're training five days a week and sometimes i think you might just put too much training in. you're always sore you're not getting time to relax you don't have a lot of stuff going on on the outside and your whole life is getting devoted to jujitsu. And sometimes it might be good to, at that point, take a week off uh, just to let the body heal, let the mind refresh, you know, cut down a little bit on your training. Um, you know, everybody's different, but I also think in those points or in this time is where your teammates are, your teammates and your instructor are really important. And uh, cause what can happen is, if somebody ends up, you know, they're going to take a week off and you know how the world goes. A week turns into two weeks, turns into three weeks, turns into six months, turns into a year. And if us as teammates and friends and sc- and school owners and professors, if we don't reach out to that person, you know, hey, is everything going OK? Hey, uh, you coming back today or, you know, is there anything I can do to, you know, can I come pick you up? Uh I just think because I've had times when I've been injured and I have had my instructor call and that means the world to me, or I've had, you know, friends asking, Hey, are you going to be back uh, Friday? You know, I'll be there Friday or, you know, Hey, I know you, uh, your knees bothering you. How about I come back? Uh, you know, I'll be there Friday if you want to roll Friday and we can just roll really light. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, having the support of your teammates, your gym family makes it uh, easier if you do take a little bit of time off from burnout to make sure you get back and it doesn't turn into a prolonged uh, absence.
0: You know, Gary, you mentioned that and it reminds me that uh, one of the things that that I see in jujitsu that I think might be a little problematic is we're constantly elevating the guy that comes four or five times a week and is getting noticeably better every six months. You know, I mean, like that's the model that we put forward that everybody should be striving for. And, you know, in other uh, activities in America, guys playing city league basketball, guys golfing, guys doing whatever, there's always a, a percentage of those guys that they've sort of just reached the level that they're comfortable at and they're just enjoying the activity and they're not obsessed with getting the best score or winning the the biggest tournament. And I think when we kind of hold that model up is th- this is what everybody wants to be four or five times a week, getting better every six months, you know, winning tournaments. We hold that up as the goal. And then when people fall short of that, it can be discouraging, <coughs> excuse me, and, and almost drive you out of the sport and, um, yeah, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this, but I, I see that as, as being a little bit of an issue within our uh within our jujitsu community.
2: Yeah, I do agree with you that on with on that, Joe. Um you do see a lot of people, you know feel that they're not good enough they're not progressing at the same level and i mean we've had questions from listeners over that that hey you know i started at the same time as this guy and and i'll go back to uh byron and i we started basically the same time and and byron got so much better much faster than i did and it would have been easier for me to quit and uh you know just watching you know trying to you know, watch my progression with Byron. And, uh, it, I, for me, it did a little bit different. It made me want to, you know, try to get better, but you're right, Joe, everybody has a different reason for doing this. Uh, you know, a lot of people like myself are just happy with where I'm at. Um, you know, I know I've talked many times on this, uh, you know, if I don't have a smile on my face when I'm rolling, I'm doing it wrong for me you know, and, and what's good for me may not be good for you. Other people want to win world championships. I mean, I would like to win a world championship. I know it's not going to happen. I can say it's going to happen all the time. I'm not going to beat guys, you know, that we've had on this show, you know, Brian Marvin and people like that. Uh, It's not going to happen. But I can, you know, have fun in this sport. You know, as you guys know, I'm a, I like to play basketball too. And, You know, I used to play at a higher level basketball, and now when I go out and play basketball, I'm not at that level, but I do it for enjoyment. I have fun. I mean, I'm not going to go out and, uh, you know, beat uh, a Division III uh, college basketball player today, but, you know, I'm going to go out, and uh, if you leave me open, maybe I'll hit a jump shot. You know, maybe I won't but uh, I'm going to have fun. You know, maybe you're going to take me to the hole and dunk on me, but Hey, I'm going to play my hardest on defense. And uh, same thing when I'm in the mat, I'm going to go hard, but I'm going to have fun. I'm going to make sure my partner doesn't get hurt. I'm going to try to keep myself by tapping early from not getting hurt. And, uh, and the hard part is like you were saying, Joe, a lot of us judge ourselves based off of those guys. And um, you know, is it really a fair judgment, you know, fair comparison because we're all in it for different reasons we all have different physical attributes and that's one thing i really do love about jiu-jitsu even though i may not have the same physical attributes as joe or as uh, byron you know we can all develop ourselves with what we have and be able to take on a mountain you know basically with good technique and good training we can beat you know somebody that we didn't think we could beat um you know same thing with all sports but uh it's, uh, I, I do think sometimes we judge ourselves too much and we may put too much pressure on ourselves, which leads to that burnout. And then maybe somebody taking extended time off and may not come back. And, uh, you know, as we want to, we want to grow jujitsu.
1: Yeah. This is one that it, it might be awkward. You know, you're losing that desire to get on the mats. Um, you could talk with your coach about it and say, Hey, I'm, I find myself, uh, lacking motivation to come to class. You know, I missed twice last week. I just didn't feel like coming to class. Or, you know, you're not quite as regular as you used to be. Or, or maybe you're not excited to... Like, when I drive to Jiu-Jitsu, I'm excited. You know, that drive is is going to go by. And I'm smiling. I'm, like, looking forward to what I'm, what we're going to be doing, who it's who's going to be there, and that sort of thing. Uh, that might go away. and And, and to look at maybe like have that conversation. Hey coach, you know, I'm thinking about taking a month off and just kind of seeing at the end of the month, what it feels like to come back to jujitsu. I don't think that's a wrong thing to do. Cause if you're having to drag yourself to the mats, that's hard to do long term. That's, that's a hard strategy to do for years and years as you, as you work on this craft. So to take a month off and, and yet again, uh, I've never done this, but I would, I would definitely be, I would say, I, I admit, probably plan out. I probably talked to my wife, but Hey, Starting the first of the month, I'm going to take a month of jujitsu off, and I put it on my calendar. I'm going to go back the first of the next month and uh, and see if it feels any different. See if it if it reminds me of the jujitsu that I used to love. I mean, you're listening to a podcast about jujitsu. You, you don't just Do jujitsu. It's kind of something you do. It's not really very fun for you. And then seek out a podcast to listen to about jujitsu. Like at some point in time, you really loved it to where you 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 were far enough into it that you wanted to listen to a podcast about jujitsu while you're off the mats. Like that's quite a desire uh, to go deeper into this this world and this this community of jujitsu. And so uh, if that's gone. Maybe taking a little bit of time away isn't a bad way to reignite that flame and, uh, and, and put the romance back onto the, uh, uh, to the situation. Um, it, but I would just really make sure that that month doesn't pass and turn into another month and turn into a year, like Gary was saying. Uh, so like by telling my wife, I'm coming back in a month help me do that and putting it like a reminder on my phone. This is the day I'm, I'm back on the mats. And then even if I don't feel like it, go do it and maybe it'll feel good. Maybe it'll be something that I enjoy again. Uh, I think that's a, that's one way to do that with a, with a few safety measures to, to make it a possible
2: uh, success story in the long run. You know, uh, real quick, I was saying, Byron was talking about, uh, you know, sometimes may not be a, you may lose that passion Um, And, you know, it might be a bad, not a bad time to take time off. And hopefully you get that back. I can say, you know, I spent like a year one time. I did lose the passion. I was going to quit the sport. I really started hating it. I, as Byron, you hit it right on the nail. I didn't like that drive. You know, I knew it was night for practice and I'd be at work and I'd be like, man, I don't want to go. And I would think of excuses not to go and find ways not to go. I, I really did lose that passion for a while. And uh, I basically took a year where I just trained like one day a week and it was just a no-gi open mat with a bunch of friends of mine that I really enjoyed hanging out with. And uh, I just remember every week I was so excited to go because it was, uh, you know, because I trained so very little and I just couldn't wait to get on that mat. And that was one thing that really, uh, you know, changed me. Just, uh, you know, I cut down on my volume of rolling and I'm not saying that's the way to do it, but for me, I just had to get around with what I really enjoyed because uh, for some reason I wasn't enjoying it at that time. And, uh, once I, uh, you know, made a change and it made a big difference for me. And, uh, I, and here I am many years later still doing it. And that one year, even though I only trained like once a day or once a week, I did still make progress. Uh, and I think it was the progress I made is because I was so happy to train that given day that I was going to show up.
0: Gary, just uh, out of curiosity, was that year that you only trained once a day or once a week uh, during the BJJ brick era, or was that before?
2: It was much way before. It was kind of early in my career. Um,
0: so two, two or three years after you started, then.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was a blue belt at that time, and I just, I just lost, you know, the fun of it. I, I Byron hit the nail right on the head with what he was talking about. I didn't want to go. I mean. I used to drive and, you know, I was looking forward to it, but I would get in my car and I would make myself go because I was paying for it. And <laughs> y- yeah, I mean, I would justify myself going, but I wasn't having any fun. It's like when you have a crappy job that you don't like to go to, and you show up every day and you're just dragging. That's you how got, yeah, felt. it felt. You got bills to pay still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's really how I felt. Um, you know, it was a, it was an awkward feeling, and I'm glad that somehow somehow I got on a path that uh, made me get that made me stay in the game. You know, even though I was only rolling one day a week, I, I think if I would have took a year off and not rolled, I don't know if I would ever came back. You know, by me kind of staying into it with like one foot in, I kept me still in the game, and uh, I think that's you know something that kept me going. And you know, I can go back to how I am today, like you know, being a little bit older. I don't, you know, maybe I'm not as good when I'm going against the younger competitive guys. And I think at my younger age, I would have been upset that, you know, these younger competitive guys are, you know, schooling me. And you know, maybe it's because my ego's changed a little bit, but uh, it doesn't bother me like it like it would have, you know, 15 years ago where maybe I would have quit on that too. You know, I think uh, jiu-jitsu has kind of humbled me too, which, you know, is keeping me in the game as I get older, um, you know, even though I do think I'm better today at 52 than I was two years ago at 50 and better than I was at 45, but I have lost, you know, some speed, some strength, some flexibility, um, that maybe I could have handled, you know, done better with that, you know, younger, very competitive person. Um, but, uh, it doesn't bother me today, uh, but there are so many factors that can get you, you know, so you're not liking the sport as much that can lead to you taking some time off and not coming back. And I still like to go back to the friendships we make, the the coach that we have, the teammates that we have all railing around you, checking up on you. And, you know, I always think that's a big thing of when people are just, Hey, how you doing? You know, I haven't seen you around in a while. What's going on? Is there anything I can help you with? Uh, you know, is there, you know, maybe, they just like to roll with you. Uh, Maybe they they feel more comfortable with you and would rather drill with you a little bit more than other people. And maybe you could keep somebody in that or, or just by checking up on him or having your, your instructor check up on him. Maybe that's going to give them that motivation or as Byron says, talk to your instructor, get you that motivation to get back into the game.
0: Yeah. I really like that. uh, Gary, you brought that back to what Byron said about talk to your instructor. Um, Your instructor has known dozens of people like Gary who have gone through a point in their jujitsu journey where things weren't, uh, weren't clicking the way maybe they were in the beginning and they, they took some time. And, And so your instructor, you, you go to them, and you say, Hey, look, here's where I'm at. I'm feeling like maybe I want to take some time off. They know five other people that have been in your shoes and they may be able to offer you a solution like, like, Gary, I think you came on that on your own. But your instructor might say, hey, why don't you just come to open mats on Saturday for a while? Or, or why don't you just uh, take a private lesson once a month or once a week? Or, you know, they, they may have some ideas for you that would allow you to uh, take a little time off without completely separating yourself uh, from jujitsu development.
2: I like that, Joe.
1: Yeah, your instructor is is hopefully a, a great, you know, uh Teacher of techniques and strategy and all that stuff, but also could be there for you if you're having some like hard times with something like this, and and they've undoubtedly seen people hit this sort of a wall before. Hopefully not. A, it's a cinder block wall, not a brick wall. <laughs> no, and, that's uh, easy to break through. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but you know, it's just it, from a business point of view, they don't want you to quit either. Like like you'd much rather have a, somebody be your your. Uh, customer for five or ten years versus the next two months and be totally burnt out and gone forever. And and so they just you know they, they're hopefully your friend and hopefully you know, have a good relationship. But they also want you to do just jitsu for the long term. So, uh, you know they, they'll be looking for ways to help you get past this cinder block wall that you've you've kind of hit into. Another thing that might keep you off the message is just other obligations. Whether you know maybe this is your busiest season at work. Maybe uh, you, you have some family health situations going on that take priority you know you gotta you have some some things to take care of like the the number of things maybe your grades are suffering the the number of things are as many as our people they could have different problems like there's a lot of things that could happen and it's just important to um i think to on that sort of thing like this is okay busy season at work i'm working you know this much a week or whatever and it's and anytime there's they're training i can't go do it so uh just to know yet again when this is over i'm coming back and then i i would even kind of imprint some positive things about Jitsu into your mind as far as like really why you enjoy it and then and then look forward to getting back on the mats i think you know i don't know about you guys I would venture to say yes, but your social media is packed full of jujitsu stuff, so it kind of keeps your keeps keeps you kind of uh, seeing that sort of activity over and over again and keeps you interested in it uh, that may or may not help you, but just kind of uh know what's going to be there for you when you get back and and don't let some sort of a life situation be super frustrating that's why <laughs> um we will have these things happen to us and you look at different uh age brackets. Uh, on you know in competitive jujitsu, you know masters and seniors and that sort of thing. I think part of the reason you know is is definitely athleticism and and the ability to train for you know super long periods of time. Also, you know at those stages of life, life happens. You know you have different responsibilities and. And so you have. It's just more fair to put people who aren't, you know, eighteen and, and dedicated to jitsu up against somebody who's got, you know, four kids and in and, and health issues with a spouse and like. So I think you're putting people who have off the mat lives that that are taking a large priority, and you're putting them kind of in the same category. It happens to be an age category as well, but that happens. To everybody things happen that could that could take us away from the mats, and and just know the mats will be there when you're back when you're ready to come back, and and try to get some idea of a date, or if you could. Stay sneak away back to the mats, you know, once every now and then and, and, you know, make those connections again and have some fun. Uh, It's also a good way to kind of relieve stress sometimes too.
0: Yeah, I think that's key, man. I think that uh, I I would never tell you that jujitsu is the most important thing in your life. Uh, For most of us, it's not. We've got wives or husbands, kids, grandkids, uh, jobs that we have to maintain. And the reality is those things are more important than jujitsu. And if you maintain that balance, and like Byron said, you just stay involved. I mean, if you've got two kids and the third one on the way and jiu-jitsu is uh, interfering with the time you need to spend with your spouse, man, I-, I say take a little time off. And then, like Byron said, come to open mat when you can, stay involved with the community, and once that kid gets out of diapers, you get back into class and can- continue on with your journey. You're much better off doing that than uh, – you know, ruining a marriage and, and having to pick up the pieces and try and move on from that later. So, um, keep everything balanced and, and maintain a good perspective.
1: So another thing to consider just, uh, you know, when you do take time off and so this happens in different categories, you, you sometimes you, you see a, a teenager and they're, they're literally taking time off because if a boyfriend or a girlfriend comes up and it's like, that's going to be tough. Like, it's good knowing, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, what are you replacing the time with? Are are you filling it with a video game? I've I've lost good teammates, adults, to video games. Yeah, that, that a lot. That's unfortunate. I mean, you play. I don't know. Play whatever video game you want to play, but to spend a couple of hours, you know, a few sessions a week. T- putting the video game down and, and going and training and socializing and, and getting good at a physical skill other than like something with your thumbs or I, I'm not trying to like knock on video games, and but eye coordination, <laughs> but it's, uh, what are you replacing juice with? Are you just watching Netflix all the time now instead of going to train? Like it's, you, you need balance in your life and you could definitely incorporate other activities into your life and, and have balance. But I, I would really, uh, hesitate to replace something with jujitsu that doesn't provide the value that jujitsu does if if you you know if you're doing jujitsu jitsu and you love it it's great and you discover surfing and you love it and it's great and it just switches to now you're a surfer and it's like there's no that's fine like there's nothing that we can say that would uh and i wouldn't even want to change your mind if that's what you if that's what your passion is that's great you get a lot of health benefits you get there's a community involved with that i'm sure i don't know anything about surfing but uh it, but just just try to compare the two activities uh, you know, like what are you replacing it with? Maybe it's just nothing. Maybe you're just sitting at home. I don't know. And say, well, which one's actually bringing more of a benefit to my life and and just make a real comparison. And if, and if your passion is now, you know, horse riding or something like that, Gary, uh, you know, getting lost in the woods, like do a little pros and cons and, and you probably have room for both of them.
2: Uh, or maybe one of them doesn't really deserve as much space as you're giving it. I like what you're saying, you know, maybe you have room for both of them. And, you know, I can look at myself and Joe. Uh, Joe really likes to skateboard. I like to play basketball. And uh, I really think, uh, you know, me playing basketball keeps me from, you know, being on the mat all the time, which there's nothing wrong with being on the mat. It's... Sometimes if I put too much time on the mat, I'm not as excited about jiu-jitsu. So, you know, I'll go off and I'll play another sport a couple of days a week. And, uh, you know, I'm still getting my cardio, building my legs up, having fun, with you know, coaching and playing. So it's something I really like. I know Joe the same way with uh, skateboarding. A lot of his uh, jiu-jitsu guys skateboard, you know, it's great for your balance. It just clears his head. I bet he's smiling when he's doing it, having a great time. And it, plus you get to work on your breakfalls. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah forward rolls <laughs>
2: <laughs> um but yeah i really don't know much about skateboarding but uh joe could probably you know elaborate uh you know because i know joe isn't just uh you know 100 percent into jujitsu i mean he loves jiu jitsu and puts uh, puts a lot of effort into it but you know i know he really likes to skateboard there also
0: yep every time I wipe out at the skate park. I think, man, I'm glad we don't do jiu-jitsu on concrete. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I mean, both of you guys could do this kind of evaluation if you were like, I just want to skateboard. I don't want to do jiu anymore. It's it's where I'm uh, – what do I want to do? And then and make a real comparison. What does skateboarding do for me? What uh, does jujitsu do or what did it do? And, and, it, and, and realistically, skateboarding could win, like – in all yeah. categories, it could be like this. Is really what I want to do. You know, this is great. Yeah. I am going to do it all the time. Or maybe there is a balance there where you skateboard a few more days a week than you do jujitsu. Um, that's not a. I mean, it, it's, a, it's an integral that. approach to it. it. It's it's better than like both of in you know, playing basketball. Physical activities they, they keep you in shape and, and you gain different things from them. But uh, it, just to to have an approach to it, not just because um, one of them is just strictly more enjoyable. They're both bringing things other than smiles to your life. Uh, you know, I could stay home and eat ice cream every time I said go to train. What's that bringing to my life? Well, it's kind of fun. Smiles. I enjoy it. Um, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to, you know, live an unhealthy lifestyle. Uh, suddenly jujitsu starts to, to look a lot better. You know, I'll lose some of that weight. I'm going to be able to, to be fit. And maybe I'll see my abs again someday.
0: Well, now that Byron has presented the idea that skateboarding might be a viable option. It's been nice being on y'all's podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was
2: just thinking the same thing. Uh, hey, sorry, guys. I'm going to go uh, play, and play Jerry's some basketball. Jerry's going to
0: play basketball, and I'm going to go yeah. skate. And we'll so, see yeah. you later, Bob.
2: Thanks, so can, I don't even – so I know, I know very little about skateboarding. Can
1: you skateboard on bricks, or is that pretty much an impossibility?
0: Oh, no, yeah, you can skateboard on bricks. Uh, the uh, surface that you have the skate on will determine what type of wheels you uh. want to use, but – yeah, you can skate on bricks. So
1: start the brick uh, skate podcast.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Joe, you know what we should do? Basketball on skateboards.
0: Oh, man. With a yeah. with boxing glove on one hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and wear geese. <laughs> and wear a gi. And a gee Choking's legal. <laughs> and that way we can uh. make everybody happy.
1: <laughs> I don't think anybody would be happy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, but, but I like the direction that this episode went in that we're kind of ending with uh, living a balanced life and that uh, jiu-jitsu for most of us is a really big part of it. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the only thing that you enjoy doing. And if you need to take time off from jujitsu because you've got family obligations or an injury or whatever, if you've got other physical activities that you enjoy – Having those in your back pocket uh, can be a good thing to keep you active and and keep you in shape. And then when you get back on the mat, you're ready to go.
2: And that goes right back to what you were talking about earlier, uh, Joe, is uh, not every one of us is going to be that world champion. You know, like you were saying, it seems like the person who everybody's talking about is the guy who's getting so much better every six months and you don't feel like you you're getting better and you end up putting your pressure on yourself. And it's like, man, let's, let's drop the pressure. Let's have fun. Uh, we're all different individuals. It's, there's nothing wrong with, uh, having a balance in our life. And, uh, uh, uh every one of us is a unique individual, with unique goals. We're, we're neither, none of us are the same individuals.
1: And also, uh, our, our goals, and our reasons for being on the mat, they can change. And that's perfectly fine. Good uh, point. Most people don't start jujitsu with the idea of competing. They, they, they've they heard about jujitsu. They've heard it's its a lot of fun or it's a great way to defend yourself or it's a great way to lose some, lose some uh, pounds or whatever. You start for one reason. And then two years down the road, you find yourself competing every two months. And it's like you're a competitive jujitsu person. And then you get burned out and you drop it. And... Well, what brought you here? Well, you, you lost 40 pounds training. Uh, you, you made a lot of friends, and you had a really good time. But suddenly competing uh, kind of took the a, a turn for losing several tournaments in a row, and it became not fun anymore. And you left for a different reason than what brought you here.
2: And I'm glad I'm glad you said that, Byron, about how our goals can change. You know, I started out in jiu-jitsu. I watched Hoist Gracie in UFC 1 and 2. And, and to be honest, I wanted to be a, a- bad person. You know, I wanted to have those skills where I could, uh, you know, hurt somebody's take care of myself. If something happened, I never thought, you know, it was going to be fun. I really didn't. I, I it didn't look fun. It just looked like, Hey man, I can't wait to learn how to, you know, extend somebody's arm and possibly break it, how to choke somebody unconscious. That was what my goal. I wanted to, you know, become that person who could do that. And today my goal is to have fun. I could care less if I get a tap, I want to have fun with my training partners and it to me it's a big game. It's no different than a couple of kids that go out in the front yard with a with a stick and pretend like they're you know you know having a battle and uh, that's I'm having a fun battle and uh, and that's what my goal is today is did I have fun? Did I you know stress my heart a little bit to keep me in shape did I and uh, you know it's going to make my life longer.
0: Man, I'm glad you found jiu-jitsu, Gary, because I like the Gary that does not want to hurt people.
2: <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, not that I was trying Better to hurt Better than people. the Gary that yeah.
0: wanted to rip people's yeah. arms off.
2: Yeah, no, but I really wanted to, you know, be a bad, you know, person if I, if I could. You know, if it ever happened, yeah. you know, somebody ever started trouble with me that uh, I could break their arm off. And uh, today I can tell you if somebody came up to me and tried to start a fight with me, I guarantee you, I would walk my way out of it, try to shake his hand. You know, I'd be prepared. You know, I wouldn't let my guard down, but I would do everything possible to walk away, and I wouldn't and that,
1: It's going to be more of a butt scoot away, Gary, but, yeah, you keep that guard up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that,
0: that's like the whole Miyagi thing comes 360 because I, I think one of the earliest martial arts quotes that I'm aware of was like, you learn how to fight so that you don't have to fight. So it's like uh, Gary came into this thinking, I really want to be able to take care of myself. Uh, if my life is threatened, I want to be able to break you guys' arm or do whatever I have to do to survive. And now that Gary can do all those things, it's kind of the last thing he thinks of. So, uh, Gary, that's really a, an awesome sort of representation of what martial arts can do for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, martial arts, uh, jiu-jitsu, just uh – it's awesome. I I don't even know how to put it in words, but it's it's definitely changed me for the better.
1: Yeah, Gary. I think we can all relate, at least the people who have, uh, you know, saw that early Hoyts Gracie and started just too soon after that. It was like, yeah. th- this guy has an amazing skill of fighting. He doesn't look, uh, you know, much different than me physically. Like he's just a normal person. I would like to learn those skills, whether I ever use them or not. Like that's a learnable. He's he's a skilled person, and and people are teaching this sign me up that sounds like a neat thing and eventually you'll figure out when you do jiu-jitsu for a few years you're you you're really learning how to fight somebody else who also does jiu-jitsu because that's where the challenge is you know if if you want to like the street fight type of thing you're fighting unskilled people you, it's it's really not as as i don't want to say it's not challenging because there's different rules set, but if somebody doesn't know jujitsu, it becomes really easy to do jujitsu to that person, and what it, it, it seems like a really high level, and in reality, it's just they have no idea what you're trying to do, and they don't know how to stop it. And uh, so, the fun for me is is getting better against people who are also really good at jujitsu, and trying to ramp that up a little bit. That's pretty fun. What would what would you guys say is, as far as a teammate's taking time off, so now you're in a role of a fellow teammate, maybe a coach, and and the, and the student comes up and says, "Hey, you know, I think I'm uh, taking some time off," oh, or, or a teammate's gone for a little while. Maybe they don't tell you anything; they're just they're just gone. And the sad thing about this, sometimes it's hard to notice because you're if you're like me, I'm not at any particular class every you know, every Tuesday, I don't make it to class on that day. So I don't notice when somebody's gone because I miss a Tuesday. They, I'm assuming they, maybe they missed it too. Maybe they were there. I don't know. Uh, but sometimes people just kind of just drop off and disappear. And you, you do lose some, some really good friends that way. It's like, man, it's been three months since I saw this person. Uh, do you guys have any advice when it comes to dealing with a teammate that is just unannounced? Or maybe they're asking for some advice. It's like, I think I'm about taking time off. What would you guys say to that person?
0: So interesting you should mention that. I got a message from a guy that I've trained with off and off for a few years. And it was, uh, I've got 15 or 20 jujitsu t-shirts, large and extra large that I don't need anymore. I'm looking to get rid of you interested. And I, I just kind of sat on the message for a day or two and didn't respond because I'm thinking, here's a guy that's not doing jujitsu anymore. So I message him back and it's like, uh, you take some time off or what's going on? And he's like, yeah, I just I don't have time for it right now. So long story short, I get a bunch of free t-shirts out of the deal, but what I'm doing in this particular situation <laughs> is what I, what I think can be problematic sometimes is when you leave the person with the feeling that I don't respect you quite as much anymore because I thought you were serious about jujitsu, you know? So I guess my advice is I'm leaving the guy with, you know, Hey, Looking forward to seeing you back on the mats if you ever want to come back. It's it's no big deal. Uh, we all have different priorities in life, and I know you've got kids and family things going on right now. And I, I'd say that's my advice is just to make sure they understand that you come back three years from now and you're going to be pretty easy for me to tap. But that doesn't mean anything. You know, I'm going to be glad to see you back, and and wherever you are at that point, you just start from there and you just move forward. So. I think it's important to make them feel like they're welcome back when they're ready.
2: I like that, Joe. You're giving them, a, you know, you're not judging them, uh, you know, for quitting. Um, it's not quitting, taking time off and and making it easy for them to come back. Um, the other thing I think is big is they may have been your friend in jiu-jitsu. Just because they quit jujitsu, does that mean they're not your friend anymore? So yep. <laughs> if you're doing stuff yeah, outside that- – <laughs> <laughs> you know, invite him to uh, invite him to, you know, go to the movie still with him. Go, go watch a game with him. I mean, still do all that stuff, uh, you know, th- no matter what, somehow the conversation is going to go to jujitsu and, you know, Hey, is uh, so-and-so still training or are you doing the tournament or did you watch the UFC? <laughs> somehow it's going to get back to there and, you know, it may not pique his interest, you know, day one or week one or month one, but sooner or later. It's going to pique his interest. You know, I mean, you guys became friends through jujitsu, but. There's something in common. I mean, more than jujitsu that you guys are friends. So, just because uh, that person's not training, be there for him. You know, if he's having a party, invite you, and you can make it. You know, show up if, you know, do stuff with him outside. Let's say you both like to skateboard. You know, still meet at the skateboard park. Uh, if you like to go fishing, you know, fish every now and then. But, uh, you know, be there for that person. Be there if that person needs to talk. Uh, um, and as long as. That way they see that, you know, you are a lifelong friend. And that's the one thing we talk about jiu-jitsu. And, and it's heck of a lot easier to get back into it when you've got some friends that are training jiu-jitsu, especially after you've taken some time off. It's easier to come back to that gym. Um, so that's my big thing is, hey, if this person was your friend from the gym, why aren't they your friend anymore, you know, stay friends with them and stay in touch. And like I said, that was one thing I always liked that, you know, if I did take some time off with an injury, my instructor would always call and ask where I'd been. Cause some, you know, a lot of times I didn't really communicate it with everybody. And, uh, it made me feel important. It made me feel like somebody really cared. And when somebody cares, like, I think you, you've been saying it earlier, Byron, about your instructor, you know, these, these are good people. And, uh, most of them do really, really care, uh, about you, not just as a, a paying customer, as a person. I mean, I can think of just about every jujitsu, you know, school owner I see, they talk about the family. You know, I never hear them saying, Oh yeah, he's a paying customer. You know, we talk about, you know, family, friends, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, that person was your friend and, uh, friends need help from time to time. And, uh, and that's what we need to remember. We need to be there for them in their time of need.
1: Yeah. And, and so uh, you know, one easy little trick that I occasionally will see is, you know, a buddy pops up on Facebook. Hey, friend, is, they're having a birthday today or whatever. And, you know, oh, oh, I forgot that person. <laughs> you know, like it's been forever since I've seen them. Send them, a, you know, a little birthday message. Happy birthday. You know, hey, love to get you back on the mat. Just like a little reach out, you know, just. Kind of, hey, we're here for you, and and I'm still on the mats. I'd love to have you back. And then if that person comes back on the mats, for me, my priority is to make sure it's an enjoyable experience. So let's just say you're a blue belt together. Somebody leaves for two years and they come back, and now you're you know got several stripes or whatever, and you're like, now nah, I'm going to kick his butt. <laughs> uh, maybe that's that. Like the, they they might be evaluating whether this is uh, something that they want to do you know, again or not, you know, that they came back, which is a pretty great thing, but having a negative experience or being reminded of how much they've missed or that sort of thing may not be strategically the best thing to do as far as like their long-term jujitsu journey, just for me, making sure they have fun. Even if it's like during the role, they, they do really well, or they, they happen to, you know, get out of some cool stuff that they, that they were almost put it, whatever. Like for me, make sure it's enjoyable and, and, and that they see that they, they do like this thing called jiu-jitsu. And, and I, th- I think that that's helped kind of help tip the scale a couple of times back to like, tr- to back to the to training, which is important. Um, and then I always just like, it's nice to talk with them afterwards. Man, it's great to have you here. It, you know, we, we, missed having you on the mats. You're always a, a fun person. And you're always smiling or whatever you could do as far as remembering, uh, the good times. Cause it's, it's not that hard to look back. It's like, this was person who was, you know, remembering the good old days. And this person was involved in that and, and, and trying to jog some of those memories that they, that they do enjoy this and, uh, and just do what you can to get them to, to come back, you know, but don't, I wouldn't. You know, I'm not real pushy either. Uh, <laughs> it's not like a sales thing. I just think it's good for people to do jiu-jitsu, and I want to encourage them if if they're on the fence towards the, the right way.
2: Yeah, uh, disclaimer. Yeah, my name is Byron, and I'm not real pushy. Uh, one time when <laughs> I was out, Byron actually came over to my house and tried to get me to uh, come back to jiu-jitsu. I had taken a week off, and I wasn't really in the mood for it. Byron put me in a hammerlock. Kept the pressure and took me out to the car and made me go in. Um, so yeah. Byron's pushy. Don't that, let him, And that,
1: uh, that, that, that in that situation. It you're, you're taking out the main thing is I did hit you literally with the brick. That's where the uh the, the, the logo they came from. was the sm- smashing with yeah, that <laughs> That was actually
2: a picture of Byron coming over to get me back on the mats.
1: <laughs> but it worked. So thank you, Byron. Well and that might be extremely exaggerated. <laughs>
2: But. so i think to sum it all up you know as joe said there's other obligations we're going to have um you know jujitsu is probably not going to be the most main thing in your life as joe said you have family you have jobs you have other obligations you know don't be afraid to miss you know if you're injured it's probably smart um i think sometimes we go through injuries and and you know we end up taking more time off uh you know have fun treat your you know, teammates with respect, be friends with your teammates, encourage people, uh, encourage them. If they're out, give them a call, you know, be open, uh, to, you know, getting people back on the mats. And like Byron said, if they do take a couple of years off and come back on the mats, don't pounce on them, you know, like a wounded hyena, uh, let them, uh, you know, enjoy themselves. Let's have fun on the mats.
1: Yeah. Good way to sum that up, Gary. And if this is episode that, uh, you think a friend might, need to hear or, or enjoy hearing. It just has some information that would be valuable. Uh, we'd appreciate you send it to them, uh, you know, helps the podcast grow and hopefully would help your friend out as well. And uh, it's pretty easy to do, just share a podcast, word of mouth or send them a, a little message with it on there. We really appreciate that. So this is the last episode before the, the big BJJ Brick event, June 15, 16, in fourteen, I don't know why I said those dates out of order. <laughs> June 14, 15, and sixteen. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see you uh, back in Wichita again, Joe.
0: Yes, I'm excited to be back in Wichita, Kansas, the vacation de- destination of America, where Jujitsu happens. So, uh, yeah, we got Samir Shantry and Gina Franson coming to do some seminars. Of course, Jake Fox will be there, and Yours truly, Byron Jabara, will be bringing us some uh, some technique and some wisdom as well. So I'm really looking forward to being up there.
1: Yeah, I don't. So last week, it may have been off air that Joe brought up a really interesting point. I don't. Maybe it was on there. I don't remember. But you said something about uh, people tend to get good at jujitsu in a certain area and kind of stay there. Whether it's like, yeah, I get, I get side control. Like for me, I like to get side control and work on guillotines. From from side, that's that's what I've been doing lately. It's kind of a, a point. But if I look at it, I should also try to improve my position more often. You remember saying that, Joe? Was that off the air?
0: <laughs> I, I I do remember that because that's where I find myself. I've got a few positions where I'm comfortable, and I need to progress past them. But uh, it's easy to get in a match and get there and be like, yeah, this is <laughs> this is where I want to be. So. Uh, Tell me more about what you're thinking. And that that's it.
1: Really influenced the way. So on the 16th, I'm teaching a, uh, a seminar, basically, and uh, I'm really like thinking about that and the way I'm structuring my seminar. Uh, we, we all, when we grapple, even if you can't make it, you know, for the for the big uh, BJJ Brick event here in Wichita, we all should be progressing towards the two most dominant positions in Jiu-Jitsu while we roll. Like 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 Gary. He he's Got an amazing side control, a lot of pressure, uh, really good kamuras, really good arm bars. But Gary, you know, as an honest critique, and I do it too, you should be pushing to go to mount sometimes, and be pushing to go to back control sometimes because those positions are so strong that we that we need to find ourselves there more and more often. And and so on Sunday, uh, I'm really taking that, and I'm going to urge everybody to to push their jiu-jitsu towards. Uh, and we're going to be focused on back control and and finishing from the back, taking the back and and not just as a, you know, like a good thing to do as a place you should always be looking to get to because the the position is so strong. It's why it's, and think about it. If you have somebody in your guard, you have really two options. Um, You could try to sweep them or try to submit them. And, and I know the answer for me and most people, it's typically easier or has a higher success rate to sweep the person than actually land the submission. Uh, I don't know why that is, but it, it's it's easier to sweep. Do you guys agree on that one? You get more sweeps than submissions from your guard?
0: I, I do. And I think that's because of your opponents that their highest priority is to not get submitted. So you, you chase the submission and it ends up in a, a sweep oftentimes.
1: And, and so, looking at that, it's it's a little bit easier to improve your position as as you go in your juice than it is to actually just finish. so i'm I'm going to make a case during the seminar that we should be improving position until we get to the most dominant positions and then the finish there will be a lot easier and that's we're going to be working a lot from the back I, i've been studying a lot and, and and really working with my own game and trying to develop some uh, some things and uh, really excited to teach this and just hopefully just change some perspectives as far as when you're rolling you should always have the like the idea that is this can i improve my position yes then let's go ahead and look at, do, at doing that just for higher Uh, rate of success from that position. I'm really looking forward to teaching that uh, on the seminar on the 16th. The 15th is the big day. We have Samir and Gina teaching seminars, uh, two amazing instructors. Uh, we'll be teaching. And June 14th, if you can come here on the Friday evening, uh, we're going to be kind of open, getting meet and greet and lots of rolling. So uh, we'd like to see you then. There's a link in the show notes, uh, a picture there. It'll take you to the Fox Fitness webpage and you could you could reserve your spot there. We'd be happy to have you guys. We got to meet a lot of listeners last year. we really pumped to do it again this year.
0: So Byron, I got an interesting question for you. Well, I find it interesting, but of course I'm on the one to test the question. I'll deliver a fairly
1: boring answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so we have talked on this show multiple times, and it's been discussed in multiple articles and on our other shows. That you know, a good way to sort of get your jiu-jitsu progressing forward is to have two or three positions or two or three moves that you're proficient with from every position. I'm kind of listening to what you're saying and I'm thinking about what we've been discussing. And I'm thinking if one of those moves that you're proficient with, it doesn't advance you to the next position, then maybe you don't have the right two or three moves. In other words, if I've got two or three moves from guard and they're all submissions, my game might still be a little lacking because the part of the purpose is to get to the next best position. From side control, if I've got three submissions but no reliable way to get to mount – then maybe uh, my game's still a little lacking. Is that what you're thinking?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at that, Joe. Yet again, I, I'm learning from you this week. At least, at least this time, I think it's on air versus last week. I don't. I think we had an off-air the discussion. Sometimes we do, we continue to talk about Jiu-Jitsu, and you mentioned you know the desire to just kind of stay where you found a good submission and, and to hunt for that opposed to improving your your uh, your position first. And
2: and yeah, good insight, Joe. I Appreciate that, man. Joe, that, you know, kind of what you're talking about reminds me of our article of the week, uh, understanding your learning style and getting the most out of your BJJ training. You know, like you guys were just talking about, you know, instead of you get your, you get comfortable in a position, but you're talking about, uh, you know, hey, let's uh, progress to the, the most dominant positions. And, you know, so tr- how can I make myself better? You're like, hey, let's get to dominant positions. But, you know, this one is, understand your style but how do you get the most out of your training Um, you know most people say to get better show up and we say that all the time and definitely by showing up you're going to get better i mean we talked about taking time off today Um, you know a lot of times when you're taking time off you're not getting better but maybe you're healing uh, maybe your mind's getting better so there are some positives to it Uh, but this is a good article here by uh, sam kelly That just, you know, gives you little hints of how to become better at jiu-jitsu. And, uh, you know, the very first one he talks about is taking notes. And one thing I've noticed about, and I will go back to a uh, seminar from last year at the BJJ Break event. Uh, Tim Sled, uh, was one of our special guests there last week and Tim, Tim has had a great seminar, uh, really taught us how to, uh, you know, put some crushing pressure on people, but he passed out a syllabus, uh, to everybody who was there and, you know, just talking to him, he's like, Hey, you know, not only does this syllabus, is going to kind of tell you where we're going and it'll kind of jog your memory afterwards, but, we've got space to take notes for people who don't bring a journal or, or maybe forgot it. And, you know, I thought that was a great idea of what he did. Did, um, I, I still have mine and I still have notes on it, but you know, taking notes, um, you know, it can be after class. It can be during a break. Um, will allow you to, you know, keep some stuff fresh in your head. Because I, I know I've done it so many times. I've, I've learned something, maybe learned a place to put my hand or, you know, some detail on a specific move, position, concept. And, you know, I get back and it, it's been a couple hours later and, and I don't fully have it. And, you know, I can even talk to one of my training partners who didn't write it down. And that person may not fully have it. But uh, that person who wrote it down, there's your uh, most important teammate for the day so you know take some notes uh you know what you've learned uh um and you know we've talked about maroon um uh, the app maroon we had the uh founder on there too so that's a you know a great way to take notes too it just doesn't have to be pen and paper
0: Yep. I think one of the valuable things about taking notes is just that uh, uh, revisiting what you just learned and physically writing it down is a great way to uh, really cement that in the learning process. But repeating it and troubleshooting afterwards, I, I guess I kind of throw that into the same um, same category. If you're fortunate enough to go to a gym that promotes a really open dialogue about technique and uh, you know what about this and, and what if we tried this i think that's all really valuable i like when a class is over And then uh, most people are getting dressed, but there's always three or four hungry students on the mat. And they're still like, hey, well, when we did this technique tonight, I was having trouble here. And another student will come up and say, well, here's what I did to get over that. I really like that kind of review after class. And so even if you're not into actually taking notes, if you take a few minutes to review after class, I think it goes a long ways.
2: Great point, Joe. Yeah.
1: Uh, Looking a little further down the article uh, you know, there's a uh, sub point drillers make killers and we've talked about this before. You know, there's really a couple different ways you could drill. You could, you know, I can get in Gary's garden. He could throw arm bars up for three minutes straight and, and kind of, you know, just work back and forth and, and do the setup and do the arm bar and that sort of thing against really a non-resistant person just to uh, get the feel for that. Um, much more in favor of, and they talk about it in the article, the situational sparring and some situational drills. Uh, what's happening here, it, same scenario. You know, uh, Gary's got me in his guard. And, uh, instead, this time, he's he's starting with an angle, maybe starting with a leg over, and he's working to finish. And I'm working to escape. And maybe we're working at a certain percentage of our ability, you know, between, you know, 20% all the way to 100%, you know, speed. It doesn't really matter. You, you just adjust it to where you're you're both getting something out of it. And I think that's a better way to learn most of the time. I don't know if it's all the time, but it really feels like that's, that's really where the money is as far as time spent on the mat, uh, money spent on the mat. Uh, But, we're both getting benefit from this and I think it's a higher level of benefit as well as Gary's having to problem solve and troubleshoot some of his arm bar situations and and finish uh, a little bit differently and there's some muscle memory I'm doing stuff too opposed to the first scenario where I'm just really a dummy with arms Uh, I'm actively working to get out of an arm bar I'm trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work for me when I escape an arm bar both partners are learning I would say at an increased rate over just the one partner learning at a lower rate. So I'm a big advocate of the situational uh, sparring. And, and you could even do this, like what Joe was talking about, like in the class. So like if you want to uh, you know, work on uh, your armbar a little bit. You, you get a partner. Hey, you want to drill armbars with me a minute each, and, and just do some situational armbar, you know, finishes and partner up with them. Don't you know? Really, to develop that relationship with a couple of your teammates is a great tool to have, and and just kind of have. You know, hey, after class, I'm grabbing Taylor, and I'm going to work uh, leg drags for a little bit, and and then and after two or three minutes, we're going to switch, and he's going to work something he's really passionate about. And sure, you know, Taylor's leg drag defense is going to skyrocket. My, my ability to perform it will do. Better and better as you get yourself into these situations where you want to be. Sometimes it takes a long time to get in those spots while we're rolling. And, and it's like, if I don't work leg drags, but the whole time I'm playing off my back, it's like it's a disaster, right? I never did get to work anything that I, that I was really focused on today. Uh, so just putting yourself in that situation, I think that's a that's a great uh, way to, to drill uh, and, and get uh, some pretty good gains. I feel like I went on a little rant there, but I'm <laughs> big on the situational sparring.
0: Yeah. No it was a it, it was a good rant. I'm I'm big on the progression. Uh, I, I like the way one of my coaches uh, runs class, and if I were like paying for a private or if I were just getting together with a couple of my buddies and and hey, let's get together and let's get better at jujitsu, jitsu I'd follow the same progression. You you do a technique. Um, you hit some reps with increasing resistance from your training partner. You know, you've, you've got a relationship and they can see when it's getting too easy and, you know, they, they increase the uh, the resistance. And then a couple of rounds of positional sparring from the same position with the goal of, you know, you pass or you submit or sweep and then you start back over and then open mat um, to me, that's the best format. We're talking about knowing how you learn best. And for me, that's how I learn best. So um, I, I love that methodology. And if you haven't tried it, I would encourage you to do so.
2: And Sam's last point here, uh, he calls it the devil in the details. And, you know, I really like this little paragraph too. He's he's talking about, as you progress further in your jiu journey, you know, you narrow your focus more and more. Um, you know, he talks about, You know, the difference between getting a sweep or getting stacked, you know, can rely on your grip. And it may not just be the grip. You know, it's maybe you're gripping the wrong way. Maybe your hands are, are wrong. And you start, you know, thinking, why does this work the way it does? You know, you look at a lot, you know a lot different. And, uh, you know, I, I can think of that as, as my own journey. As as I went farther, it used to just be to learn one move. And then uh, it learned, uh, you know, then I started putting stuff together and then you know here lately it's i've really focused my my narrow my focus more and more and it's you know now it's just these very small things i learn you know different ways to base or different ways you know my hand positioning makes a big difference but um, um you know I, th- I think that's great the devil is in the details he you know he talks about taking a look at some videos by uh, bjj Scout and you see what he means by details but uh I, I really like this article. Sam Kelly, I think, wrote a really good article. Uh, I love the taking notes. I love the drilling. I love the progression, like Joe was talking about, situational drilling, and then uh, as you start progressing more and more, you know, you narrow your focus down to the minute details. I think this is an article everybody should check out. Share on Facebook. I think it'll it'll help a lot of people. You're right about that, Gary. Uh,
1: a lot of people are helping us, and by a lot, I mean. Uh, Several dozen. It really does help a lot, having having a a team of uh, Patreon supporters. And it's not hundreds, um, but all of their support, you know, really makes a a difference on what we're able to do. You know, it even helps, you know, bring Joe up here to the BJJ Break event and and, and help us uh, train with him and and build our relationships, uh, you know, with each other. I want to give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, James. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on Patreon. And then I have another shout-out. Jamie has uh, upped her contribution from uh, $1 to $2 uh, an episode. And so, you know, there's always a thing like, do people like supporting us on Patreon? Do they sign up for it and forget about it? I'm always a little bit worried about uh, providing the right amount of value to somebody, and I want to feel like that they don't, I don't want anybody to sign up and pledge it all per episode and then not listen and forget that we exist. Like that's not what I want. Uh, And when I've never seen anybody increase their pledge that they've already been pledging. And so man, Jamie, it feels really good that, uh, that you did that, that you're still listening and, and that you're, you see value in this. And I really appreciate that. And if you want to sign up on Patreon and support us, uh, you know, every episode that comes out a little bit, that means a lot. We'll mail you a five inch BJJ brick key patch and a sticker. And you're welcome to join our private Facebook group. And the, the private, private Facebook group, uh, has really helped decide this episode, uh, this week. And I threw up a whole bunch of different topic ideas and, and several of them were commented about and discussed in the comments by our, our Patreon supporters and, and we're going to be pulling, uh, multiple, Uh, shows from that discussion, and this is just the first one on the list. It was the first one to be commented about, so I'm like, I'm going to go down the list. (laughs) And uh, that's why we're talking about, should you take some time off, and and, and when is that appropriate? Uh, That discussion was brought to you, really, kind of, in a way, by one of the Patreon supporters.
0: I really appreciate the Patreon supporters. Like Byron said, they helped me get to and from uh, Wichita for these events, and uh, after last year's event, I got some Patreon support to get up there for the BJJ Brick, what did what, we call it last year? The Omapalatapalooza? Palooza. <laughs> um, and, and so I thought, you know, this is awesome. And I, I uh, uh, watched some jujitsu guys, some skateboard guys on YouTube. And, man, I found one of those guys that I was consuming a lot of content with and started supporting them as a way to kind of give back since I was a beneficiary of this. And I can't speak for everybody in their finances, but I can tell you that the few dollars a month that I give to this guy, uh, I don't notice the money missing. But I do notice uh, the benefit that I get out of his channel, and, and I enjoy watching him grow and, and benefit. And I'd almost be willing to say that you'll get more out of supporting the BGJ Brick than it will cost you. How's that for a sales That's
1: pitch, input, guys? That's uh, <laughs> great if, if Joe. If you like something, you should support it.
2: If you can. Joe wants a 10% raise now, Byron, not a 5%. <laughs>
1: we'll have to work on that.
0: <laughs> but, uh, man, I get help getting to and from Wichita, Kansas. That's all I can ask for, man.
1: <laughs> guys, we're really excited. Uh, real quick, I almost forgot. We do have a, uh, just a frequently asked question that we get uh, from nobody in particular. If you want to send us a question, we'd be happy to answer it on the air. Send it to bjjbrick at gmail.com. But we get a lot some of these questions about when do I need to start working on leg locks and when should that become a focus? Uh, what do you guys think? When is appropriate time, maybe belt level or maybe experience level, when people should start looking at doing leg locks?
0: Right after you start wrist locking everyone in class. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, it, it depends so much on the gym you go to and the culture. And, uh, you know, I go to one gym that's pretty much IBJJF compliant throughout. And, uh, there's a lot of white belts and some blue belts at the school. And so leg locks are not big. And then I train at another school where it's a lot of no gi, a lot of uh, super fight kind of things, a lot of MMA kind of thing. And it's, uh, you're doing, Leg locks right from the get go. Heel heel hooks or white belt. So a lot of it depends on uh, where you're training, and it, it never hurts to be ahead of the game. I would say you don't want to get you don't want to be in a school where it's old. This is only allowed a purple belt or brown belt. So I'm not going to focus on it until I get to that belt. You you don't want to be behind. So um, yeah, just just go with the flow, and I guess try and stay one step ahead would be my advice.
2: Yeah, I think. You know, 10, 15 years ago, people would say, you know, that people want to say early, like, you know, a lot of people will, to the day, will today. You know, we've we've trained with Rolly Delgado a lot. He teaches a basic straight ankle lock that is really, really, really effective. You know, uh, basically IBJJF legal. And, you know, I think you could start training them on, on day one. Um, you know, uh, if you have a good instructor at I I know Tenth Planet you know teaches uh, leg locks right off the bat you know they're very incredible grapplers there and uh, um, I I don't see any problem like Joe said you know and it, it really depends on the culture of your school some schools are are gonna wait a lot longer you know and, and some schools will may teach them day one but um, uh, I see no no issues with it
1: yeah uh, I I would say that that one thing that you should be cognizant of are are you should have a way to a good guard pass that you could usually do. Like I hate point. to see you start attacking the feet because you can't pass the guard.
2: Yeah. Good point.
1: And that's, that's, I think some of the early frustrations with coaches is like this person hasn't learned proficient guard passing and they're just wanting to attack the legs just because it gets them somewhere. And I can even think of myself, I think within the past week or so I was rolling with, with a guy named Cody and I, I literally worked on passing his guard for like two, or three minutes Uh, didn't get anything done and i was like wanting more action (laughs) i started attacking his feet and i told him like i'm literally attacking your feet because i have given up on passing your guard and i popped back up and i started to pass like that i I called it out of myself like verbally i said i'm I'm doing this because i'm not doing a good job and then i abandoned the foot and tried to come back up but uh it you should i would say you should at least have a, a a good understanding of guard passing before you start especially from top attacking the feet and using that as a way to deal with someone's guard, because I think it's more important to learn that guard passing first.
2: Yep. Well, Byron, I think about what happened to me and you rolling today. I, I was in your guard and I had trouble passing your guard. And uh, as soon as I, I felt the leg come near, I took it. And I did that twice to you right off the bat. It's because I really didn't want to pass your, you know, spend the time trying to pass your guard. But now, you know, I, I'm taking that constructive criticism that you said earlier that, you know, Hey, I do need to advance to a better position. So let's just say I pass and and you did say, you know, and I totally agree with you. I sometimes, and what we talked about last week, I get stuck in my position and I'm happy there. I need to, you know, work on advancing to mount, work on advancing to back, work on passing the guard, which I think is just as important as mount or back. Uh, You know, sometimes I think I just flop back for a leg uh, um, because it's easier. And, uh, you know, sometimes I may flop back for a leg and uh, don't have a good ashi. and next thing you know, the guy is on top of me. So, you know, it'll backfire too. So, but, you know, it's passing guard to get the side control, that's probably not going to backfire on me.
1: Yeah. And, but, yeah, I mean, also look at the reason you're doing it. You want to have fun. If you're stalled out for several minutes in the guard, attacking the leg is pretty fun. <laughs> so there's just a range there. I would hesitate to tell anybody to go against what their coach is wanting them to do. Uh, yeah, that just causes point.
0: frustrations as well. Yeah. You you don't want to be that one guy at the school that's attacking legs when it's frowned upon. The other thing I would add is uh, to just make sure you're putting safety at the highest priority. If, yes. if you're rolling with somebody that may not be real familiar with leg attacks, you could get a toe hold or a heel hook or something. And, and the minute If if they're less experienced than me, the minute they start exploding, I usually abandon whatever I'm doing because I'm not going to – I don't want that on my conscience. I was trying to do something safe and responsible, and you exploded the wrong direction, and now your knee's blown out. So I'll I'll give up the position. I'll I'll lose the submission before I'll see somebody get hurt. So that's just me, and it might be something to consider.
1: Good point, Joe. That's the problem with some of these leg locks is you could – you can know the escape, and if you perform it the wrong way, like you like you mentioned, you turn the wrong way, but it's like, hey, I'm going to turn out of this. Turn the wrong way. You just applied a lot more pressure to your leg than than I was wanting to apply, and it, it basically was a disaster. So the person that you're applying the attack to needs to not, not know, not just of the escape, but how to do it properly in order for it to bend safely. Even if you uh, are, I'm, you know, I got the ankle, I got the heel, I'm going to hold it here and, and just slowly apply pressure. If they tried to escape and do that incorrectly they end up hurting themselves and that's not what we're wanting to do that's not uh, not a good situation yep that's a that's a good one and we, we've gotten out several times as far as uh, looking at for different areas to focus on and, and legs definitely being one of those that you know it makes a large percentage of the submissions so you don't want to avoid that but uh, anyway had a, this is a fun episode um, I, didn't, I think we had some good insight as far as uh, you know taking time off and even though we have all been able to m- mostly avoid uh that sort of situation uh providing a little bit of insight as far as what it would look like and and how to do that successfully and uh and and come back on the mats if that's the right answer for you i'd like to have you guys back on the mats if you're away and you're still listening to the podcast it's still um somewhere in you that that you're interested in this and get back on the mats try it out again and and maybe come back for a different reason and change that anyway great episode guys stay
0: sweaty my friends yeah, train hard, train smart, and uh, we'll see you next week in Wichita.
1: Yeah, if you to Wichita, don't take the shower. We appreciate that as well.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.